Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today's podcast is dedicated to International Women's Day celebration. I mean, the theme for the year is Digital Innovation and Technology for Gender Equality. Um, today's episode is actually packed because we brought in two seasoned, renowned, seasoned um, guests. And they are both Edutech um, female founders. They are forced to be reckoned with both nationally and internationally. So I'm just going to be rolling out their CVs. Balale Bangwo Osadolo is a brand identity designer and a design advocate, the founder of Geneza Brands, a branding agency based in Lagos, Nigeria, where she helps brands tell compelling story through creative design. Balale is also a founder of a female designer movement, an initiative she launched with the mission to train and equip women with design skill sets, thereby increasing the number of women in Nigerian technology ecosystem. She has been featured on both national and international platforms such as BBC Pigeon in March 2018 as the inaugural edition of the Female Designer Movement. She spoke at Microsoft Digit Girls Camp held at Microsoft's office in Lagos, Nigeria. Interviewed by the Business Day CEO magazine, Women of Rubies, the Nigerian Tribune and also Channels TVs among others. She is also a recipient of Wema Bank's Alats NG Women in Tech. Blessing Abeng is a leading woman in the sector of branding and communication in Africa, helping brands discover their unique identity so that they can tell better stories. As the co-founder and director of communication at Ingressive for Good, she drives the mission of the Edutech nonprofit to create and increase the earning power of African youth through tech training and resources for the growth of African startup ecosystem. She led the growth of Ingressive for Good from zero to over 200,000 community members, training over 100,000, placing some in jobs, and exclusively leading multiple cohorts of women-focused tech trainings, attracting partners and supporters like Coursera, Datacamp, Facebook, Figma, Alphabet, and the host of others. She has worked with brands across industries in unique capacity, nationally and globally. She was also the CMO and co-founder of Disha, a digital technology company acquired by an African unicorn in 2021. She has won several awards, including recognition by Y Niger as one of the most powerful youth in Nigeria. Everyone wants to be a tech bro, but only a few understand what in tech bro they face. Tech bro they feel sapa, chop breakfast. In fact, tech bro serve one japa. Chronicles of Techies, the unspoken rules of Tech Bros and B, a 30 minute weekly podcast where season Niger Tech Bros and B highlights their highs and lows in the career path. So, are you a Tech bro going through a lot or you're an upcoming? This is your right, okay? Because many of us are also either coming from or going through a lot. Welcome, Mrs. Volanle and Mrs. Blessing. I want to say thank you for joining us on today's episode of chronicles of techies which is specially um dedicated to celebrating the international women's day 2023 and also tagged by un as digital innovation and technology for gender equality 
I also want to use this opportunity to appreciate you for your continued effort towards empowering women or to bring in more women into the tech space. I mean, it's genuinely commendable because it's because of people like you that some of us are actually also where we are today. Um, just before we started the show, you know, I was having a conversation with Mrs. Bolanley. I was sharing with her how um, seeing her as um, the lead or the brain behind Geneza inspired myself and one of my friends. Like, we actually met at the Geneza training, but now we are very close friends and we've been challenging ourselves to become better in the tech industry. Uh, we also even highlighted or spotlighted most of uh, our what we liked about Mrs. Bolanley <laughs> during the first episode of um, Chronicles of Techies. So yeah, thank you so much for what both of you are doing in the community. And uh, this also leads me to um, this first question, which I'll be directing to both of you, but let's start with Mrs. Bolanley. As being a woman who pioneered um, a tech movement for women, have you ever experienced any form of technology facilitated gender-based violence, either based on your color, nationality, even in workspace, being a female, because, I mean, this is something that I just um, recognized recently. I understand the role of um, gender-based violence in the society, but I have not really thought deeply about the one that exists within tech space. So have you experienced any form of technology-facilitated gender-based violence before? Please share with Thank us. Thank you very much for that question. Um, that, that's a good question. I, I used to think that, you know, I, I've always been that person who would say that, you know, I don't like trouble. I don't like to get into anybody's space. I try, I try to avoid, you know, trouble as much as possible. So when I realized that, you know, some people were actually angry about the fact that I was training and empowering just women, it came as a shock to me because I thought this was every, I thought this was something that everyone understood. I thought everyone was on my side. I thought, okay, we all understand why we are doing this for women, you know. And so I think one of the experiences that I had was um, a couple of years ago, and I think on a particular group, someone made a comment like, all these women, you know, I can't remember the particular insults, but some, something like all these women say, all they do is, you know, support other women. Do, do you think that men don't need help to, you know, comments like that? And it was, I, there's a particular word the person used. I think I just blocked it, you know, out of my mind completely. But it was quite insulting and I was just like, ah, I just took it off my mind. It took me a while, but I realized that no matter what you do, you will get, no matter what you do, no matter what good you're trying to put out there, there are people who will not still understand, you know, your goals and your objectives and why you're doing the things you're doing. And it may take them a while to, you know, understand where you're coming from or why mm -hmm. you're doing things that you do. Those are like some of like the experiences that I had. Um, yeah, there are others, but that's like the major one I can remember from now. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, there has always been a stereotype when it comes to women, even being educated under education, not even talk about technology and even workplace. And it was shocking to me to actually have read recently that women do go through, um, um, what is it called? What do I call it again? A form of 
technology facilitated gender biased violence. I mean, when I started reading articles on that, you know, it got me really alarmed and to even hear that so for someone like you genuinely and that is one of the reasons why i was actually looking forward to ask that question to also get an insight from someone like you and mrs blessing to know if actually it exists and yet even it's glaring from um the uh, wide gap between men that are in tech and women that are currently in tech i mean it's not like a debate and it's not like i don't want it to come across to people as though we are trying to fight some kind of we are doing some feminist kind of energy boy exactly. yeah i really do not want to come across like that but i believe um it's okay for women to also want to strive because if we are not the highest um number we, we don't have the highest number in the population I want to believe women are more, but let me just keep it at that. Maybe I'll go and do my research after this recording to actually know. <laughs> Leading um, to another question is, I should also know, do you think and do you believe technology and the increase in women in technology have a way of promoting gender equality in Nigeria? Because from the statements you just made now, it's obvious that we still have a long way to go when it comes to equality in Nigeria. Whether we like it or not, we still do not really recognize it. And I'm I'm not trying to sound political, but just to look at, um, I was reading um, one article that was giving it estimation of the current election and um, the ratio of women that actually um, try to apply for a position. The ratio is so low compared to the male that are currently, um, you know, in power or trying to get a position, a political appointment. And it also mm. just drives home the fact that mm, we still have a long way to go. Maybe in, let me say for Nigeria, because I only know majorly about Nigeria when it comes to um, equality, gender equality. So now back to my question, do you believe technology and the increase in women in tech have a way of promoting gender equality in Nigeria? Hmm. Um, thank you for that question. I, I think to answer this question, I'd like to, you know, there's this report I saw and I, and I found it very interesting. So according to the World Economic Forum, um, since the Nigeria ranked 139 out of 153 countries in the 2021 Global Gender Gap Report. So you can see that the issue of, you know, the, the, that particular issue, the issue of gender inequality is it's kind of it's quite serious and even though things are getting better even though over and over again we are seeing more women take on like take on some of these positions it is still a major challenge in nigeria and just like you mentioned now about you know women taking on positions and things like that and that's why i'm very inspired and you know i'm really proud of some of these organizations like elect r and some of these brands where they do everything to support women taking on you know public taking on some of these positions these political positions and all and it's just quite inspiring so let's even look at the definition of you know gender equality in itself so gender equality is a situation in which you know access to rights opportunities is, uh, is unaffected by gender, meaning that the men and women. And this is what I think. I think that these opportunities are there, right? Mm-hmm. But we we're not having we're not having enough women take on, you know, take advantage of the opportunity because maybe sometimes they're not confident enough, or maybe they just don't know. And I feel like we could actually use technology to even tell stories of women who are succeeding in tech. Mm. We could use. Tech- 
you know, we could have, you know, represent, you know, more representation of women. And say, look at people like Preston Abeng, look at people like Bisitini, people who are doing things, women who are, you know, trailblazers, women who are doing amazing well. Look at the work that I'm doing through TFDM. Now, these are stories that we need to tell. Now, through the use of storytelling, you can have these women understand one thing, that they are able or they have the capacity or they have the opportunity to be whoever they want to be. And that these opportunities are actually there. So if they see Preston Abeng doing amazingly well in this particular field, they see me doing amazingly well in this particular field, they see you doing amazingly well, they're like, okay, I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. If this person is actually doing this and this person is succeeding at it, it means that you know I actually can do this. So I feel like some of the ways to actually solve this you know, to promote gender equality is by changing the narrative, you know, have representation, basically. That, that's what I think. And I, and I believe that at the end of the day, this is going to cause like a domino effect where mm-hmm. you train women and then more women, you know, are coming into tech because of the women that you've already trained. Mm. You know, it goes along with affecting how they think about themselves. So that's what I think. Mm. I, I think uh, you've just spotted of something that is quite very important and I need to realight on that. Um, the fact that putting out the stories about women who are doing well, who are thriving in technology is also a way of promoting and increasing the number of women that might, that might be interested in tech. It's quite, it's spot on. And I genuinely appreciate you for spotlighting on that. So definitely there is a tendency and okay, back to the question again, I think we, I want you to actually really, really, um, give me, (laughs) how do I say um, you've actually touched, touched on one of the questions I actually want to ask, which is, I actually wanted to ask that, how do we even increase or promote the number of women in tech space, which you just, your answer just gave, uh, your response just gave a very deep answer to that particular question. But let me retake this question again. Um, do you believe technology can actually increase and promote gender equality? Um, yes, I do. I do. Um, you when, like, just like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. you know, through technology, you can have more people advantage mm-hmm. of the opportunities in technology. Because, yes, it's true, there are tons of opportunities, especially mm-hmm. in tech. So, in the case where we're having equal number of men and women, you know, taking advantage of these opportunities, it will definitely create that old gender balance mm-hmm. that we want to see. That's I agree. What, yeah. I agree. So um, welcome, Mrs. Blessing. I'm going to just uh, take, take us back a bit because um, we just started a few minutes ago and um, Mrs. Balanier was sharing with me how she experienced uh, technology-facilitated gender-based violence, which it is something that is new to me. I wouldn't lie. Like, I don't think as at last year, I had ever thought about this, that women within the tech space actually face technology facilitated gender-based violence. We all know what gender-based violence is, like typically in a society, but um, hearing from Ms. Bolanley made me understand that genuinely this exists. So I also want to know from you, Mrs. Blessing, as, as have you ever experienced um, this form of gender based violence at any point in time considering or maybe within the maybe um someone had actually made such a comment based on your skin based on your efficiency and what have you it could even be based on your nationality please share with us if you've ever experienced any form of technology 
facilitated gender-based violence. Hi, Fala. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I wouldn't say that I have directly experienced, you know, gender-based violence in the word that violence connotes. I know that one of my first jobs in Lagos, I was immediately promoted to assistant manager um, just because mm-hmm. like the founder said, oh, blessing, you you seem to carry this vision on your head more than me, Seth. So I think you'd be in a good place to run this team. Come and shadow me. And I did that for a bit. And I was the only woman in the whole company. And I was leading a ton of men. Um, I'm pretty petite. I'm, I'm tiny um, in size. And so there were moments where some of the men didn't think that, um, like, they didn't, they, they didn't understand why they who had been in the company for a longer time were not considered for the promotion before me. And they wow. found it really difficult to take my, my um, I wouldn't say directive, but like, yeah, my suggestions mm. at the time or like things that they, they, or the things that I delegated them to do. Mm. Um, yeah, but that, that didn't phase me. I've always just sort of known that the work is the work. And there are KPIs, there are things we need to do and the things we need to get done. So it's either you get them done or, you know, take your complaints somewhere else. So that was really how I approached that. I And none of them could sort of deny that I was good at my job because even after I left the company, they were able to, I think, accumulate because there's no one else to run it the way and the person who had tried realized it was just a thing of you know of gender it was also a thing of age because the person who was later given my position was younger than some of the men and they struggled to accept authority from mm. him as well mm. so yeah I think it's a mentality thing mm-hmm. um yeah but do you think it's possible that some of these people that behave or express themselves this way might not actually directly know that that is what they are doing I'm just picking this question based on, you know, what I've heard from both of you speak to right now. Oh, yeah, sometimes exactly that happens, right? Um, one of the things that I've really learned, and, and I think for most people, when you start traveling a lot and you start having, like, dynamic friends, you you need to just have a heart of, um, you just have to have a, operate from a place of kindness and know that people aren't trying to, like, not everything is an attack on you, mm-hmm. just my my philosophy is assume the best first mm-hmm. in the sense that when people ask me questions, I first assume that maybe they don't mean any harm, except it's outrightly clear that they do. Yes. Um, I take any opportunity that I can to be patient and explain when I can. Sometimes I'm patient, of course. Um, in those moments, I'm silent and I walk away. Or if it's something that needs to be, you know, carefully cleared up, I am happy to clear it up. Mm. Uh, but yeah, some people do not know. But every chance where someone is racist, ageist, whatever is, you know, sexist, it's an opportunity to educate them if they're willing to listen. But if they're not willing to listen, you don't have to engage mm. if you don't feel like you have the strength to. Yeah, thank you for that feedback. So I think... um. I mean, I think we need to keep educating people. It's not something that I really, like I said initially, I had really seen in this way, but 
listening to you and Mrs. Bolanley, you know, share a bit of your experience now, you know, it makes me more aware. And I mean, like you have rightly said, if you think you need to speak about it, speak about it. But some, for someone like me, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm a freedom fighter. Even in my workplace, if I feel someone is slightly cheated, I'm quick to, you know, express in a very reasonable manner, just, well, I, I don't think this is right. Um, mm. It's something I also encourage in the workplace because any form of bully is not something I would tolerate. Whether you are working in my team or you're working outside my team, if I notice some things are not so nice, I would probably call the HR attention to it. Or probably if I feel, ah, I've kept quiet for like two, three times, I've seen you done this, I'll just step up and be like, oh, maybe you should have think this way, other way, or do this better this way. I mean, thank you for sharing that with us. So this also moves yeah, us but actually, to- I should also add that, like, that's such a yeah. good idea. I, and yeah. I'm not pro, like, I'm not saying anyone should, anyone should just swallow insults for no good reason, right? Um, really- the most important thing to remember is, like, you know, educate mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, address the, address the action. Mm-hmm without taking it up on the person right the yeah. fact that someone said something or did something may not be like a reflection of who they are it might just be an action it might not, it might not be a reflection on their character like yeah, on them yeah. as the old person right yeah. so when people feel like you are attacking them they get the chance to be defensive and then that can turn into a whole yeah loss of opportunity to educate someone so my yeah. first approach is educate attack the action not next not necessarily the person but mm-hmm. then if there are people who show you that like this is what we believe in this is my value i am racist i am sexist i am ageist whatever it is that they've chosen to be um feel free to you know deal with it within the confines of the law um mm-hmm. i mean one of it i think that's just the best way to go within the confines yeah. of the law thank you so much for that so i'll definitely just move to the next question and it's basically about why we are still underskilled in Nigeria. Um, for we that work in tech space and you know we follow um, some tech reports and um, recently I saw a report on Tech Cabal and it stated um, the shortage of tech talent within the ecosystem. When I say ecosystem, I mean Nigeria. You know we are we are said to be to be over 200 million um in population in Nigeria. And according to the report, it was stated that, so we have only about 83,000 developers in Nigeria with a large population. If I don't let us talk about, we already know in Nigeria, and it's one of those conversations I've been having with uh, the executive board in my organization, because we also run, um, what is it called, an edutech, startup and it has been making me do a lot of digging so i want to ask thank god both of you run um edutech why do you think we are still underskilled based on the fact that we have so much population i know definitely education is also part of our issue we have a lot of unemployed um graduates we go through all these strike and though some of us were privileged to go to a private school. So we didn't really get to experience that. But from your experience, first of all, Ms. Bolanle, I want you to go 
and explain why 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 i don't know it's i don't okay. know what share your view okay okay thank you for that question and um, but i would say that one of the major issues i know we have in nigeria is our educational system i think that it is a bit outdated so i believe that as early as primary school children should be taught to code and, you know understanding like programming i believe that you know these are things that we can do you know that the nigerian educational system can improve on to ensure that we have more people you know coming into tech and then we have more positions being filled and nothing is the you know the work conditions of people you know sometimes you hear people tell you that oh they lost an opportunity because people are like i don't want to i'm not i don't want to have an nigerian on my team because they always have internet issues and stuff like that so i feel like you know power and the um, electric as electricity and then the internet issues that we have is also like one of those major lost um, job opportunities because you know they always complain of the internet and then issues. Even when you have money to buy, you, you don't get proper internet. So things like that. Then you have like the inadequate support for like startups. So people come up with like ideas. They want to build the next fintech, and it just feels like the entire being Nigerian alone is one of the issues you have to contend with first. You know, you before you can you can scale through, then you can now maybe start building. So that whole thing. So we also talk about like. I'd just like to mention the fact that a lot of people who are actually skilled, uh, you know, are living in Nigeria, you know, getting opportunities abroad, going to, you know, going to Amsterdam or some of these other countries, just taking on like, you know, international opportunities because it almost feels like they're not, they're not being, they're not getting, they're not being paid their worth, mm -hmm. you know, basically in Nigeria. That's what mm -hmm. it's, so that, that those are like some of the issues that I've noticed mm. over time. Mm -hmm. yeah also, and also to add to what you just said i think on the third episode of the podcast i interviewed one of my friend who uh, recently moved out of the country now works um with one company in the uk so we actually discussed uh one of the reasons why people are moving out of the country and this is what he also mentioned he said most of these recruiters do not want to recruit people as soon as they see nigeria on your cv not because of maybe nigeria is necessarily bad but because of this electricity issue network internet <laughs> problem and the likes he said yeah he had applied to about 100 i'm just saying I think he said he had applied to like 100, um, 100 applications, sent out 100 applications. Most of them, he didn't get the job. But the moment he moved out of Nigeria, he tried to reapply again. And he was getting all these uh, interview requests back to back. And he was, I yes. was like, okay, is it that Nigeria is now currently being stereotyped or something? And genuinely, just like what you said, he gave those reasons. Reason being the fact that, okay, another reason could be like some of this company, he said they might not want to, you know, sponsor a visa because they were, some of them definitely didn't want to work, want you to work where they could easily have access to you. Why some of them also could not yeah. out for the fact that they can rely on your electricity, power, internet, and the likes. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say it's as terrible as that, but I don't think there's any other better words to say. So, um, Mrs. Blessing, I also want to hear from you. What is your take on this? Why do you think we're underskilled? And why do you think that those that are skilled are finding it hard to definitely get this job within the tech space? Well, I think that the very, 
first thing is like I've seen a couple of conversations with my friends where you know people would be like oh um they're prioritizing this specific type of skill or they're prioritizing something or they're fighting for something and then people would respond and be like oh these are first world problems right because you only have time to start thinking about saving the lives of plants when your stomach is full hmm. right so before you start thinking about some type of skills a lot of times before you can dream certain types of dreams mm. most times your stomach needs to be full mm-hmm. um so maybe mm. the reason and, and this is not like facts or anything but just based off specific conversations and things that i've experienced and seen um it's easier for a child abroad to wake up one morning and want to be an astronaut it's possible it, it looks possible to them they have museums they can go to where they can see what those things look like um when we first started in Gresty for good we had seen code with the blackboard mm-hmm. meaning they, there was no access to laptops to actually teach people specific mm. types of skills right and this is not to say that there are no organizations that have um, laptops and I mean Janiza is doing it aggressive for good is doing it we're providing these opportunities we're providing these skills but if you really think about like beyond Lagos beyond Abuja and you go deeper into the roots into the nook and crannies into cities that are not urban outside of social media you'd find out that these are really serious problems some people have bigger challenges like surviving the next day or just living before they start thinking about being super, super skilled, before they start thinking about access to internet and, and things like that. Of course, the world is changing. Things are getting so much better. But I guess it's, it starts with, you know, standard of living, quality of life. How mm. many Nigerians are actually earning above, actually spending above $2 a day? How many people even earn $2.5 a day, you know? And, and when you think about things like that, education isn't necessarily free. Um, or the reason even Ingressive for Good started was because some of these online skills or some of these tech skills that most people are trying to learn, they're expensive. I spent most of today writing success stories. One of the biggest challenges that most people highlighted that sort of stifled them from pursuing their tech skills really, really early or tech dreams was the fact that they didn't have access, like it was expensive to access quality courses that were structured. So they had to deal with learning those skills offline or learning it in a certain kind of way or under certain conditions that were not mm. very ideal. So, mm. which is why organizations like Ingressive for Good and other nonprofit organizations, and even Polandi does this sometimes where she gives yes. scholarships to, you know, her edtech, um, mm. her edtech um, courses, right? I mean, so her programs, like the programs that, that they have at Geniza. So it's really not as accessible. And, and so in my head, the only answer to this is like access. Um, I think it's an access problem. Mm. People don't have access to it, maybe by money, maybe by virtue of information. Yeah. Because why would somebody not want their lives to be good? Why would they not want to earn more? You know, it's it's not easy. And it's not like some people don't want to even pay more. It's mm. just, there's so many challenges. By the time you are running a business in Nigeria, you have to think about things like generator, like, like your, your whole government to yourself. By the time you are done being your whole government to yourself, <laughs> yes, 200 million might enter your account, but truly, truly, 
what you can really afford to spend on your staff is 10 million. And by the time you have paid salary, paid everything, you may not even have any profits left mm-hmm. because you were too busy being a government to yourself. So there's just too many challenges, to be honest. Biggest one, access, of course, unreliable government. Um, but access to is access to information. Just all-round access is a problem. Hmm. I genuinely agree with what both of you had said. And this also, I'm trying to spotlight again one of the um, major causes that Mrs. Bolanle has also highlighted, which is education, outdated educational system. I would say for a fact, to just also buttress this, both of these points. Um, recently, when I was an undergraduate, I studied computer science in school, but after I graduated from school, I moved into another sector entirely. I even told them at home that I don't think I want to pursue anything other computer science because I don't think it was for me, but I'm glad today I'm back in that field. So the same issue happened recently where someone came into my office for internship and I was having conversation with her. She attends one of the prominent universities, so I don't want to actually want to call name, but it was like me reliving my experience through her when I was having a conversation with her and I asked her, so what, why do you want to study you? Why do you want to do UIUS, UIUX? She was like, um, I just want to do it. I said, okay, what is UIUX? She couldn't really give a specific answer. Like she doesn't even know. She said, I don't know. So it jumped at me like, okay, this thing happened to me when I was an undergraduate a few years ago. Like the, the school structure does not prepare people for career pathways. And I want to believe genuinely that is one of the uh, good things that um, your organization are actually doing currently. Because honestly, if we are relying on um, what we are being taught in school, majority of us are actually, did not actually end up practicing what we are being taught. Some actually would say they actually got their course not by choice, but that was what was given to them, valid. Some of us, we know what we want to study, but by the time we got there, we found out it's different from what we are thinking. Is it that we had too much wishful thinking? No, it's just that up to date, educational system has not revealed their system. I finished school about seven or eight years ago and see someone came into my office last year, still experiencing the same thing I experienced that made me run away from this tech field in the first place. And, And I'm like, it's a big challenge, honestly. And I mean, I hope one day we will get better. And thank you again, once again, for what um, both your organization are doing in the, in the, in the space, tech space, trying as much as possible to you know, um, help people acquire skills that is relevant. I mean, and that can also make them you know, become employable, not only in Nigeria, but also in diaspora. It's, such a great thing and genuinely i was also sharing with miss bolanle learning from Geneza changed my life honestly and it was from that moment it was it, it became a different experience and up to date so um it's such a blessing so thank you so much for sharing that so i think even with this uh, mrs blessing you've been able to actually spotlight some of the things that you have contributed to the um ecosystem but i still want to also hear from you both um what and what your organization share with us what and what how your organization at as continuously promotes women in tech i would have wanted to say oh the um the um what is it called <laughs> the ecosystem 
I, well, I want to generalize it, but this episode is actually dedicated to International Women Day. So let us just, and I'm not gender biased. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, what's it called? I'm not that typical feminists, but I mean, it's dedicated to women. So let us talk about women. So yeah, as um, Ingressive for Good being able to, you know, contribute to promoting women in tech, that is one, and it's like a two in one and two in one question. There was a question I asked Miss Bolanli before you came in, and I also want you to quickly touch up on that. And do you believe, yeah, what your organization is doing or contributing to promote women in tech? And do you believe that the continuous increase of women in tech as a way of promoting gender equality in Nigeria? So that is for you, Mrs. Best. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to try my best to answer this question as <laughs> well as I can. Um, so I think when Ingressive for Good first started in 2020, right, um, the mission was very clear and simple and it hasn't changed. It was that we wanted to increase the earning power of African youth, both male and female. And 2021, I remember March, I called Bolanli, and I'm glad you're doing this podcast with both of us. So I called Bolanli, and I was like, <laughs> babe, uh, I think we had seen, um, we're done research, and we found that like 25% of women occupied by women, meaning that we only occupied one third of roles that were available. And the other two over three, the other 75% were occupied by other genders that were no women. So was like, <laughs> sorry, I clapped out. I always feel that gender. Sorry, <laughs> but it's true now. Well, it was, so we're like, ah, okay. Um, this is not a great statistic. Mm. It's not. It's not beautiful at all because mm -mm -mm -mm. more women need to be able to see women do what they're doing to mm. feel like their dream is possible. Beyond mm. that, not everybody who is in the workforce is going to rise up to become a leader. Mm -hmm. Right. So the chances of women now having leadership positions within organizations would fall drastically because if in a pool of 25%, 75%, how would they truly, truly pick 50-50 representation like mm -hmm. on a leadership scale? How how do we really truly start? So I, I remember calling Blali because, I mean, you start at home now. I cannot go outside. Let's call my friend. And True. Like, Investing for good wants to do this thing. At that time, to be honest, I think I told her, no, nobody gave us money to do it. And the money that we had, we truly could not afford it. But we didn't mm. want to be one of those people who would just parade International Women's Day and carry placard and do, you know, each for all, equity, everything, like whatever the thing the United <laughs> Nations tells us to do. You know, do it and put on placard. We don't want to do that. We also didn't want to be that organization that would say oh these are the people we have on our board these are the women we have in our organization as though you know march 8th is the day of report card where everybody mm. wants to prove that they're really for women because they have women in their organization like that was not what we're trying to do of course any organization can do that no this no shade nothing it's great but we want it to be action-based right i think women are over advised over method they must be tired of all the mentorship, to be honest. 
mm. what they really need is action. It's like everybody's always advising women, but give them money, wahala. Give them resources to go and do the things you're advising them to do. Give them the opportunities. I feel like if mm. more people were giving mm. more opportunities than giving advice, maybe we would be further along than where we are currently. Of course, education is important, but you know, action is also important as well. Yeah. So um, we partnered, and I, I remember I was like, you know, guys, we have to do this thing. I I know we don't have the money for it, but the money will come. And and this is probably not good economic sense, to be honest. I hear this, I mean, that wasn't quite the smartest thing. But these are risks that I felt we needed to take. So. We, I staked everything on it, man. And thanks to Bonali for being super, super kind. She gave us this massive discount that I'm sure she doesn't probably give other people. And she was like, let's understand this mission. I alliances for going to do it. We must do it. Like it's in line with our mission to our journeys and let's do it. And together we put together this really brilliant. No okay. Yeah. So as, as I was saying, right. So 16th, when we looked at the, the number of people that applied, we had about about 17,000 applications actually and 16,000 of those applications were women and others were men and other. Um, so we're like, ah, well, you know, men still would apply. There's nothing you can do. You can tell them this for women, but they will still apply. But I was so glad by the turnouts. It, it helped us realize that if you speak the language of, of women and they feel safe that you really, really care about them, they will show up. They applied. Mm. We selected 1,000 people. Those people took the training. And we've continued to do that every single year after. Um, and that has even sort of become a whole thing at Ingressive for Good, like 1,000 Women in X program, where every quarter we're trying to find, you know, different programs that we are training people in. So we've done a 1,000 Women in Data. We've done 1,000 Women in Software Development. And we can see the difference. We're seeing how, it's changing people's mindsets. We're seeing beautiful women come out and just be successful and get jobs and their earning power is increased. And just like mm-hmm. the success stories are amazing. And people just say things like, you know, because this we saw this woman do it mm-hmm. and share it, we too felt like we could do it, right? And that's just sort of rapid gauge. I mean, it's not affecting millions of people but we we really believed really early on that hmm. 1000 can become 1 million very very easily yes. so the one thing that we always say is like it's, it's, it's okay to be the first person in the room or I always say it's, well, it's okay to be the first person in the room it's not okay to be the only woman in the room so once you've gotten there you're the first and you've done something bring more women in empower them and you know help them we're putting together our, our data for 2022 and we found out that more women applied than men for like when we did all of our programs in general like as a total we had hmm. more female like more applications from females so they feel safe with us they they're here so hmm. we're doing that and we think that that's making an impact we're seeing women get placed in jobs we're seeing we're also bringing mentors around so that they can see people who look like them and see that it's possible um, i've seen so many of them send us messages and say things like oh my god Bolali is such a good teacher if she can do it I can do it too Bolali just told me like every other business day you know women will reach out to her and think uh, and sometimes you know it's so emotional but yeah you know that's what I think we're doing um Bolali would probably have her own answer yeah mm-hmm. so I do I'm just <laughs> but, but that's, that's what we're doing in collaboration <laughs> with Jeniza and, and as a recipe for good as well and we're really really proud of the work that we've been able to do so far 
yeah. I hope I answered every question, right? Did yeah, I, I, I think you've been able to also touch <laughs> up on... In fact, honestly, before you came in, you were, I don't want to sound like you almost took some of your words out. But you took... Your words are literally almost like what Bolani also, you know, mentioned when she was also sharing her views. So I still also... My also sisters, she just her. doesn't know it. She just <laughs> I was, I was just talking about you. I was talking about how women are... People see what you're doing and they're like, okay, I can actually do this also. That yes. representation. Mm-hmm. Women do the things that you do as a person. Mm. Yes. Let me let you finish speaking, um, Palasha, because I want to say something. Yeah, continue, continue, please. You can I, absolutely okay. continue. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm really, I was just trying to like hold back so that I wouldn't like say too much. I wouldn't interrupt blessing. But to be honest, I'm just really inspired by the work that Ingressive for Good is doing. You know, how the truth about it is you can have an idea. You can tell yourself, I want to train a certain number of people without support. The idea is just there. And Ingressive for Good because of how poor thinking they are, and they thought about the fact that, okay, they wanted to train women, not just by mouth, by, oh, we just want to, we want to empower women. It's very, it sounds very nice, but they actually put in the work, you know, reaching out to us, ensuring that, you know, we had the capacity to do the work that we needed to do. They gave us resources. And and it's not even just about being aggressive for good, it's about the kind of people that we have there. And look at the work that Blessing is doing, you know. And I, I mean, I was on this call when you were telling me for last day that, and I remember that yes, I actually trained. You took one of my courses, but I didn't even. I, I'm not even aware of your full story. And you're talking about how, you know, what your life is like right now, and yeah. how you started, like the course, you know, opened your eyes to the opportunities and take and all. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. You know, I'd forgotten. I didn't even put that in my head. And I do, I do remember. And then you saying that just validated everything I was thinking. That yes, people's lives are being changed. You know, yeah. people people's lives are being changed. These opportunities are not just wasted opportunities, they're not just things we're doing just to feel good. They are actually changing lives. People Definitely. are making really good decisions because of these opportunities. Yeah. And every time I think about aggressive for good, I think about the work that Blessing is doing. I'm just always super excited. I always don't know what to say, but to be honest, I am really proud of the work that we're doing, Ingressive for Good, CFDM, Geneza School of Design. And I'm even more excited about the future because this is a podcast. I've not met, seen you in like forever. I do, I've no, we've not even talked. We didn't. I think we didn't talk for like a long while. We didn't talk for like a long time before before you invited me for the tech for the podcast. So you can imagine we meeting today and saying, "Oh, this is what the courses have done for you." So imagine all the other women out there that I've never even met before, that I've never even heard from. You can imagine what their lives are like today mm-hmm. so it means that one day we're going to walk into maybe an event and we see the person maybe the you know lead you are you are your designer of google or something and the person will be like oh i actually got into tech for the first time through the courses sponsored by aggressive for good that impact is what excites me and i'm really mm-hmm. proud about the work that aggressive for good is doing and about the work that we are doing as well and yeah. i'm really happy to be on a podcast with blessing mm-hmm. because <laughs> blessing i'm your fan and i must say once again thank you so much for um sparing your time to actually also join me and support um the, the, the mission for uh chronicles of techies like i've always said um it's not just about coming here to come and rant and you know say so many things my bigger like i know it's going to get big but the goal for this um podcast is to actually um educate people more about especially people that are trying to come into uh tech space 
to get to know what is going on in the inside of the tech space and also foster um, sense of belonging between the people that are working in this tech space because I mean, we've, we hosted our first um, Twitter space recently. And I mean, a lot of people came in and they were, you know, throwing their weights on their personal experience. So for me, this podcast was born out of, you know, listening to people talk about their personal experience. And sometimes the assumption people that are outside tech afterwards, we that are inside tech. So I feel, okay, this is a platform where we can always have people that are working in the tech space share different experience, life-related, work-related, what have you, to just give a view of what Niger Tech experience would look like. Sometimes it's really pretty um, conversation and sometimes it's like, I don't know, not so good kind of conversation because there are, there are times we talk about being broke, at times talk about transition. I mean, and also it's so beautiful to have both of you here, like I've said earlier you know, come and share with us genuinely, honestly, maybe I've not really thought so deep about it, but during the first episode, like I told Bolani earlier, when myself and Adenike were talking about our transition into tech, I mean, we kept hammering on the fact that, oh, Bolani seemed like that person. And I told Bolani straight, and I'm seeing it here again, I was on a 40K uh, part-time job, but I wrote it down for that year that I'm going to take a training at Geneza. So, once my salary comes in, I keep 10K, 10K until it was 50K. And then I paid for my Geneza training. And look at me today. I mean, I wouldn't want to specifically mention how much I'm earning, but I'm currently, um, I don't want, I don't know, I don't want to sound like I'm proud. Like I'm a vice president <laughs> currently in my in my organization. Be proud, my dear. Oh, vice president. No, what you did to get I mean, here. You better say, say it loud. Say it loud. Let us hear it again. <laughs> when vice, I told vice people, president, when I told people that after my training from Geneva, a few months later, I packaged my CV and bonally, you know, just put in our um community group on WhatsApp that oh, there is opening at Maven Record. I remember vividly that some of our guys that I reached out to them, they were scared. But me, I wasn't scared. I applied. And few hour, a few days later, I just saw the email. You have an interview. I mean, that steered my mind and made me look like everything is possible. Yeah, I ended up didn't get, I didn't get into Maven, but I walked into Maven headquarter. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is it. Like I sporadically went from just earning 40K into you know, today, I mean, I'm grateful to God. So, I mean, I'm grateful to God. And it's not, it's not, I, I, I'm short of words, but thank you, Bolanli. And also thank you, Madam Blessing, for what you are also doing in the tech space. I mean, I know recently my sister also participated in one of your courses, I think sometimes last year in partnership with Entry Level. So, I'm not oblivious of what both you guys are doing in the tech space. And I guess that is one of the reasons why I felt it was important I bring you together so that you can share and someone like me can stay inspired and people that will listen to this podcast can be more inspired to go all out there and be whoever they want to be. And like you have rightly said, not all of us will step up into being the CEO, but doing something. There is this, there, there, there is a, There's still a lot of space for women to take within this tech space honestly because i believe we are skilled i believe we are organized 
and people like us if we are within if we can take space within the tech space honestly it will help the economy of the nation and it's not like we are trying to fight please help me i'm not a uh, what's it called i'm not uh, everything for women women this women that but i understand the role of women in the society and how it can help the society thrive and i think that's one of the reasons why i'm passionate about education so yeah, thank you once again for coming to the show. Do you have any last word before we round up? Um, I have a trivia question for both of you anyways, but I want to hear if you have any other yeah. things to say. The trivia question is not so hard. It's just one line. So I want you to go as fast as possible. So I'm going okay. to ask, uh, okay, let's take you first. Um, family money career, pick one. Please don't think about it. <laughs> Uh, wait, can Monica, yeah. Well, can't we have like two at the same time? <laughs> okay, just pick. pick or can we pick. arrange in order of importance? Can we arrange it? Uh, no, no, this is cheating. Just pick. Family, money, career, just pick one. Which one is very important to you? Um, ah, this is the first time one. my guests are actually... <laughs> I love my family, but I also need to make money to push my career, right? Like, they, they all work together, so I don't know how I'm supposed to choose one. We can arrange for you for Lashadi, but we cannot pick one. Ah, okay, just give me your, let me yeah. hear your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think for me, family comes first, yeah, and then my career, and then money. Not because I don't like money, but because family, family is there for support. You know, yeah. if I'm really sick, for instance, my career is not going to help me or mm. the money, the yeah. support, the love I receive from my family. And my career, I find fulfillment in what I'm doing. So even yeah. before I started making money from design, the fulfillment was actually there. And then money, which is like the backbone of everything. Yeah. Take care of my family, with my career. So that's like the arrangement for me. Oh, thank you. Funny enough, it's the exact same thing. And the only difference, though, is like for me, I think that my career will make me money just because of the kind of career that I have. Mm -hmm. And if I put money first, it's like money comes to career, but the career (laughs) can make you money if you do it well. Um, And then family for me, because while you can build a career, you know, you can't necessarily just. Like you can change a career, you can build a career and all of that. But with family, it's something that's close to your heart. It's always nice to have that constant while everything else is available. So, mm. yeah. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate both of you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my last word would just be that please, 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 any woman listening to this, find community, you know, find people, find an inner circle and surround yourself with people who you can lean on and rely on, right? Because yes, you know, it's it's great independence and stuff, but independence does not mean loneliness, right? You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to be alone. Um, Find support systems. Be You also be someone's support system. Give value, but don't be scared to ask for help. Don't be scared to, you know, share your, your challenge and your wins and just celebrate yourself there's no like there's no need to water anything down just celebrate yourself when you have a challenge reach out have a trusted circle of people you can reach out to lean on i mean well and Lee saw an opportunity one time and she sent it to me sharp 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 i was like blessing just apply and I, I was maybe i didn't want to apply for it but just because well was like apply apply i applied like she's the only reason on this planet earth that i applied for that thing 
So hmm. yeah, having great support systems are really, really great. And who knows, maybe that's how I meet Obama now. And I always remember that I met him. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, thank I, you. I, I don't think I have like last words, but just like what places said. But I think I would like to add that. Um, I'll just come instead of just tech generally. I'll just say for design. If you're a woman out there and you want to want to design, you want to express your creativity, you know, through the use of colors, typography. Don't be afraid. There's money in this thing. Just be ready to do the work and know that you can do it. There are many women out there who are doing amazing work in design. about building a community of creative, intellectual, and positive techies. And so as not to miss out on our daily updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chronicles of Techies. If you have any questions about future episodes or want to know more about Chronicles of Techies, our DMs are open as we're sure to answer all your questions. Our next episode is something to look out for. And if you don't want to miss that too, subscribe, rate us, and also share with your friends.